Praise the Lord. You are listening to a word from the Lord, a radio and internet ministry of the Refuge Temple Church of Burlington, North Carolina. Refuge Temple Church is located in the heart of Burlington, NC at 152 North Main Street. Our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. Refuge Temple Church is a spirit-filled, Bible-believing, multicultural ministry ordained by Jesus Christ to serve him, his kingdom, and the community from Main Street to the world. We welcome you to join us now for anointed music and the word of God. Would you join me in the gospel of Matthew chapter number three? Thank you, Lord. And I want to begin reading at verse number seven. And forgive me for not having PowerPoint. This was Rhema that the Lord dropped in my spirit as I was flying home. And I'm thanking God for being home. I won't name the airline, but this airline has some of the raggediest planes. When the plane is landing and you can hear it rattling, I said, Lord, get me to church, Jesus. If I got a word, get me to church, Lord. (laughs) See, somebody knows the rep. But I said, Lord, if I can get on the ground, I'll be all right, but thank God for traveling mercies. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits, meat, for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that bringeth not forth fruit, good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I want to just use for a thought and look at somebody on your row and just say, don't forget the fire. You can be seated. Don't forget the fire. Don't forget the fire. We are in consecration, and I asked you um, to please share and retain the scriptures that I I preach from each Sunday as your theme of the week. So write this down, mark it, circle it, do whatever you have to do. But each day, I want you to read this text because we're approaching the season of Pentecost, which is important because we are emphasizing our understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit should be 
the most active element in the church. That even more than our work is the Holy Spirit working. We talk a lot about the things that we do and our activities and our ministries and our callings, but when you look at it spiritually, you really can't do much of anything for God without His Spirit. His Spirit operating, His Spirit speaking, His Spirit directing. One of the reasons why sometimes the church seems to be floating and floundering is because it's not guided by the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons why we struggle sometimes in doing the things that we need to do individually is because we're trying to do it without the Holy Ghost. And, and I need to remind everybody that's here and everybody that's watching that it's the Holy Spirit that empowers the church. We're not empowered by our intellect. We're not empowered by our rhetoric. We're not empowered by our longevity. But we are empowered by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost living in us, moving in us, abiding in us, revealing Himself to us daily. And, and so, the, the Holy Spirit would have us talk about Him so that we have an understanding of the reality that everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Come on, say that across the aisle. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's nobody exempt from the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. You know, it, it, and, and, and I want to say this, it's not a denominational thing. It's not, praise our God, where you go to church. It, 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 it is the written Scripture that He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He will send you another comforter who will abide with you forever. The text that um, we read from today was the ministry of John the Baptist. John was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was a biological cousin of the Lord, and the Bible says that he was ordained from birth, that he would announce and pronounce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, from six months, they were six months apart biologically, and before Jesus began preaching, John was preaching. And John must have been some kind of evangelist because people left Jerusalem and came out to the Jordan just to hear this man who looked like a, a, a man of the wilderness. The Bible says that he wore a leather belt around his waist and he, he, he ate from the, from the earth and he was just kind of a wild-looking guy, but there was something about John's ministry that was touching the hearts of people to the point that the Bible says they were coming in droves and they were coming in such numbers that the Bible says that, um, praise our God, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came out to see what was going on. Now, let me just tell you about church. Everybody that's in church is not in church to find Jesus. In fact, some folk are in church just to watch you find Jesus. And to be entertained by how you worship and how you clap and how you sing. But when you understand that if God has pushed positions you here, it is because he wants to make an impact in your life. He doesn't want you to keep coming to church and leaving the same way that you come. But whatever I'm lacking, God is trying to get something to me because he has something for me. And so as the people began to gather, as they were moved, the Bible 
Bible says that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were standing there on the sidelines watching, and they were mainly watching to see who was responding to John's ministry. You know, there, there are those people that I call church reporters. They're the CNN of the church, and they can tell you who danced and when they danced. They can tell you who cried and when they cried. They can tell you who got happy and who fell out. And while they're telling me all of this, I'm wondering, when did you stop looking long enough for the Holy Ghost to touch you? I mean, I mean, you literally can show me where I started and where I ended and where I spoke in tongues and where I did this and that and the other. And I'm trying to figure out, when did you lose yourself enough to figure out that I need something of what God is pouring out? Because if God is blessing over here, I need to position myself to receive something right over here. If God is moving right here, I need to be positioned to receive from God. And I need everybody in this house right now, just lift your hands because the lifting of hands symbolizes that I'm ready to receive. Just lift your hands and say, have your way, Lord. Oh, God, have your way, God. Do what you need to do. And I want you to bless everybody, but I need you to bless me. Let me say that again. I want you to bless everybody. I'm not selfish. I want everybody to receive something from the Lord, but I need you to bless me. I need you to do something for me. I need you to quicken me with your presence and your power. I need you to deliver me from the bondage that has been incarcerating me. I need you to bless me. That's why the old hymn says, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I don't care if you bless everybody in this church, but before you walk out the door, lay your hands on me. Katana ba satana. Oh God, before he gives the benediction, Lord, lay your hands on me. Hallelujah. Before we shake hands and greet each other as we exit the sanctuary, Lord, touch me. Pharisees were there to watch, to signify, to somehow um, amuse themselves by seeing who was there. And John knew this and saw them. And, and you know, John was, was probably not as polished as Jesus in his rhetoric. So, in verse 7, he says, Old generation of vipers, snakes, come on somebody, snakes, slimy, slick, poisonous, come on somebody. There are people like that that gather with the saints. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Snakes. And he said, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Because John was preaching repentance, saying to the people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was, that was his whole message. That was his whole text. That was the body of his sermon. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And these people are standing there, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders. And, 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 and I want you to be very clear. Don't let your position stop you from receiving what you need from God. And don't allow your position to prevent you from having what God wants you to have. The last thing you want to do is be a bishop in hell. The last thing you want to do is be the missionary in hell. 
The last thing you want to do is be the deacon or the choir leader or the singer in hell. So that means I can't just rest on my title. I have to have a personal fellowship with Jesus Christ. If all this is to you is a Sunday gathering, you need to be saved. If all faith is to you is us getting together on Sunday and seeing each other and enjoying the worship and the giftings of, of our musicians, then my friend and my brother, you need to be saved. Because the first thing you learn when you get saved is that Sunday is just another day that God is blessing me. I didn't wait until Sunday to feel the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. I didn't wait for you to get to church to be in God's presence. I didn't wait for you to get to church so that God could anoint me. I know how to go into my secret closet, shut the door, and the presence of God flood. Oh, my God, into the mist. Oh, my God, we need that personal fellowship. Because you know what, Candace, if we had the personal fellowship, you would see dancers break out randomly. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all remember church like that? Hallelujah, that everybody is calm. They're reading the announcements. And sister, just go in. Come on, somebody. Because something stirred her that you know nothing about. Oh, God, they trying to raise the offering and bruh, just go to running. Because something on the inside is stirring. You need a relationship. I respect order and protocol. But you need a relationship that at any given moment, I might just go off. Oh, hallelujah. I I'm not trying to hold up the service. I'm not trying to disrupt things, but I need a fellowship with God that is so real that I don't need your permission or your consent to glorify God, to feel his anointing. If he's real, he's just real. You don't have to like it. You ain't got to join me. I didn't invite you in the first place, but I came to celebrate the God that delivered me. And so here, are the Sadducees and the Pharisees who John calls vipers. And John says to them to bring forth fruit, hallelujah, that is meat for repentance. And Pentecostals emphasize the Pentecostal experience. Speaking in tongues, feeling the presence and the anointing of God. But so, ooh, I hear you, Holy Ghost. So many people mimic the experience without genuinely having the experience. You say, well, Bishop, that's a harsh statement. But it's the truth. And you can't, you can't allow yourself to fake it because there's no power in the faking. And, but I need to be clear, you can't receive the power of the Holy Ghost until you repent. Oh, okay, okay. See, some of y'all thought it was tarrying. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You just think, 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 think. And you're just doing all that stammering when all you really had to do was give up your sin. I'm preaching hard now. 
All them changes you put yourself through, all that sweating and crying and falling out, all of that was bringing you to the place of repentance. That when you genuinely became sorry for your sin and said, I want change in my life, and I acknowledge that I cannot change myself, but there's a cross on my chatelier at Calvary where Jesus died for my sins and his blood can take away my sin. So I turn my back on my sin and I turn my face to the cross because that's where my deliverance and that's where my redemption lies is at the cross. At the cross. At the cross. Alas, indeed, my Savior died. Did my sovereign die? Would he invoke that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart, they rolled away. If we want to see a move of God in this service, somebody needs to repent. And, and it ain't just the sinner. Come on, somebody. Oh, God, help me in here. It ain't just the crackhead. It ain't just, oh, God, the liar. It ain't just the drunk. Somebody in uniform needs to repent. Somebody that got dressed up for church needs to repent. Tell the Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, oh, God, I failed you. I've come short. But if you have mercy on me, oh, my God, your blood can wash me. Oh, my, oh, beloved Oh, God, if you want to be free, just start repenting. If you want deliverance, just start repenting. I'm going to say this. If you want to get better from your sickness, just start repenting. Because some of that stuff is on you because God's trying to get your attention. And if you're trying to get it off of you, you got to turn your face back to the altar. That's why, you know what, we're getting ready to have communion. And I, and I, I taught a couple of weeks ago about communion that you should never refuse the Lord's Supper. And I know there's a theology that says, well, if I'm unworthy, I don't take communion. If you're unworthy, repent. You don't think... You think you've messed up and you're not worthy of the body and blood of the Lord. Don't sit there because if you say that you're not worthy of the Lord's Supper, you're saying you're not worthy for heaven. That means you're going to hell. And if I was going to hell, I would do something about it. If I knew there was sin in my life, that was holding me, I'd do something about it. And you know what your Bible says? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That word cleanse is what? It's present tense. That means you with your sanctified, sanctimonious self, the blood is still working on you. That means you who, oh God, feel like you've never done any wrong, the only way you're going to make it, the blood got to keep working on you. The blood's got to keep washing you, and we've got to stay at the altar of repentance. Don't let anybody shame you away from the altar. What, what did you do? You keep coming to the altar. Ain't none of your business what I did. Because every... Ooh, I hear you, Holy Ghost. Every sin is not overt. Some sins are covert. 
Can't nobody see them. Can't nobody see that you hate sister so-and-so? Because you smile at her every Sunday and shake her hand. And while you're shaking her hand in your mind, you're thinking, I wish she would go to hell. Thoughts. It's thoughts. And that's why the Bible says, examine yourself. It's okay if you want to investigate Pastor Davis, but you ain't got to give an account for Pastor Davis. So knowing all my business and all my failures and my faults and my idiosyncrasies and my weirdnesses, it's not going to help you. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why church people are so nosy. They're so nosy because the more I know about you, the less I got to worry about me. But, but here's the reality. Worrying about what your brother is doing or not doing is not going to get you into heaven. Because you, you know what? You ever been following somebody and they made a last minute U-turn? You following them hard. At the last moment, without even a signal, they make a last-minute U-turn. And that person you following so hard, in order to justify yourself, going to make a last-minute U-turn on his way to hell. Come on, somebody. And you're going to miss the turn. You're going to miss the turn following behind somebody else. While you're looking at everybody else, the Bible says examine yourself. So he told them to repent. Repentance involves confession. Repentance involves faith towards God. Repentance involves you trusting God for deliverance. And then he makes this statement. He says, I baptize you with water. Come on, touch somebody. Say, don't forget the fire. Your salvation involves water and fire. The water is the washing away of your sins. And the water in the pool has no efficacy if there's not repentance before you step in the pool. That's why so many folk get baptized and that's all they do. They got in the water. I said some words, read some scriptures, prayed a prayer, asked them if they believed, and we dipped them in the water. But the efficacy of the water is based upon what's in your heart. Because if you believe that as I'm going down in this water, my old man is dead. He shot. Oh, God. My yesterday is over. My sins are forgiven. And when I come up out of the water, I'm rising to walk in a brand new life. John said, I'm baptizing you in this water unto repentance. But there's somebody coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to even touch. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, I, 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 I just can't settle for the water baptism. I've got to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
And when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost has a personal touch upon your life. Hallelujah. That's not contingent upon what your neighbor is doing or what your friend is doing, but the Holy Ghost sits on you. And I, I started thinking about this on the plane. I said, what does fire do? Hallelujah. Fire heats things up. Oh, praise the name of God. If you want warmth, and oh God, it's, it's, it's warmer outside. And so when we step outside, we're going to feel the warmth of the sun because the sun is nothing but a big ball of fire, explosions constantly that travels from there where it is in the heavens all the way to the earth. And when fire comes, it's going to heat you. That's why I can't understand cold Christians. And let me tell you what I mean by cold because y'all think I mean the, that cold folk are the ones that shout. All right? They aren't the ones that shout. I'm talking about cold in attitudes. You need some fire. You rolling your eyes at people, you need some fire. You can't speak to nobody, speaking in tongues, but won't speak in English. Baby, you need some fire. Because when the fire of the Holy Ghost comes, he warms you. That's why you may have been a person, and everybody is the product of their experiences. And maybe you were a person that had rejection and suffered some things in your life. But the Bible says he makes all things new. And when the fire of the Holy Ghost touches you, he shows you how to love. Oh, God, he shows you how to love. I know everybody here, oh, you didn't grow up the same way, and maybe there was nobody to nurture and develop you. But if the Holy Ghost truly baptizes you, he gives you the capacity to love. And not just the easy people. You'll learn how to love the difficult people. You'll learn how to love the challenging people. You'll learn how to love the liars. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You'll learn how to love the backbiters. You'll learn how to love the ignorant folk. Because the power of the Holy Ghost gives you the capacity to love. He heats. He warms. And then the Holy Ghost burns. Come on, look down your row and say, the Holy Ghost burns. And if I could be honest, there's some stuff in me that shouldn't be in me. Anybody want to be honest about that? That's what brought me to Jesus. That there was some stuff in me that didn't belong in me. And the Lord said, I'm not just going to pull it out. I'm going to burn it out. Come on, somebody. Because if I burn it, it's not coming back. Oh, God, some of you know what I'm talking about. You had some habits and some behaviors. Oh, God, that you knew were ungodly. But when the Holy Ghost got through with you, he burned that stuff out. I used to be a liar, but that's why I speak in tongues. Because my tongue is on fire, and there's no room for the lies. That's why, oh, God, I know how to handle my hands. I know that I handle my life because what was in me that didn't please God. He sent the Holy Ghost and he sent fire. And the fire burned until I didn't want it anymore. The fire burned until I trapped it at the altar. The fire burned until I gave it up and say, Lord, hold my hand while I run this race because I don't want my running to be in vain. Church, the church needs to catch on fire and not just dance and not just speak in tongues, but church.
change. The church needs to change into the holy people of God. The church needs to change into righteous people, godly people, tongue-talking people, Bible-believing people, Bible-living people. Lord, set the church on fire. We're too cold. We're too sedity. We're too sophisticated. But when the fire burns, when the fire burns, when the fire burns, when the when the fire burns, it's going to make a difference. Somebody throw your hands up. Shout fire. Oh, God. Fire. It's the first form of light. Before there were bulbs and flashlights and strobe lights. Somebody would make a fire and light a torch. And you can take that torch and go where you need it to go. Because the fire would light the way. When Israel left Egypt, the Bible says there was a pillar of fire to guide them by night. And a pillar of cloud to guide them by day. The reason why so many of us are confused and bound. There's no light. The reason why people aren't saved in the church. There's no light. But if the Holy Ghost would start burning, you'd see the light. If the Holy Ghost would start moving, you'd see the light. Somebody shall burn. Somebody shall burn. Let me finish. Fire changes the, comp the composition of anything it touches. Follow me. Anybody here cook? Other than sushi, do you eat raw stuff? So you take that meat out of your refrigerator and you season it and you either put it in the frying pan, come on somebody, or you put it in the air fryer or you put it in the microwave and what is happening? Heat is changing the composition. That's why if you say you saved and you don't change, you ain't saved. Because how can you be exposed to the fire of the Holy Ghost and not have change in your life? And then you hiding behind, well, this is just the way I am. The way you are is sinful, ungodly, damnable. But if you allow the Holy Ghost to put you in the fire. There's some stuff about me I don't like about me. So Holy Ghost, turn on the flame. Holy Ghost, turn on the light. Holy Ghost, turn on the fire and cook me until I come out right. There's a scripture in Hosea that says that Israel is a cake unturned. Anybody ever make pancakes? You, put, you pour the batter into the pan, and you wait. Some of us left the altar too soon. 
and you wait until, and Joel makes pancakes better than I do, but you wait until the bubbles come up. Come on, somebody. And then the bubbles begin to pop, and you don't wait too long, otherwise you'll burn it. But you don't take that unturned cake out of the oven or out of the pan and serve it to somebody. What do you have to do? You got to flip it. Tell somebody, you got to flip yourself. Oh, hallelujah. Because you're not all the way done. Y'all ain't hearing this. Oh, God, you're cooked on one side. You're cooked on the tongue-talking side. You're cooked on the dancing side. You're cooked on the shouting side. But are you cooked on the loving side? Are you cooked on the forgiving side? Are you cooked on the mercy side? Look at three people. Tell them, flip it. Flip it. I need the Lord to cook me on both sides. I don't want to be a cake unturned. I don't want to be half done. I don't want to be half saved. But Lord, put me in the fire until I'm done. Put me in the fire. Surround me in the fire. Put the fire in me until I'm done. I got to quit, but there's one coming after me. I'm not worthy to touch his shoes, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, if you read the text, John talks about the unquenchable fire, that when Jesus comes, he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. And the wheat are going to be gathered in the barn. But the chaff will be burned with fire. Every fire is not good fire. Come on, somebody. Every flame is not a good flame. And I'd rather have the fire of the Holy Ghost than to face the flames of hell. But trust me, my brother. Trust me, my sister. If you don't get this fire, the other fire is surely going to get you. Hell is a real place for real people. And the Bible says the rich man opened his eyes in hell and begged Lazarus to dip his finger in water. Don't bring me a gallon. Don't bring me a bottle. Just dip your finger in the water and bring it and put it on my tongue. That's how hot hell is going to be. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost fire. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost fire. I'd rather have the power of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody here that's got the fire? I need to talk to the warm folk. I I need to talk to the burning folk. Anybody here that the Holy Ghost is burning in your life? The Holy Ghost is real in your life. The Holy Ghost is touching your life. The reason why I praise him, I feel the fire. The reason I lift my hands, I feel the fire. The reason I dance, I feel the fire. The reason I yell, I feel the fire. The the reason I scream, I feel the fire. Some of us, 
are too cold. You need to turn up the heat. Some of us are too dry. You need to turn up the heat. Some of us are too sedate. You need to turn up the heat. Is there anybody here that wants the fire to burn? Burn me until I'm full. Burn me until I have life. Burn me until I'm redeemed. Burn me until I can feel your presence. Burn me until I can hear your voice. Burn me until my joy comes back. Burn me until my peace comes back. Burn me until my anointing comes back. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Hey, Kashatanobosa. Come on, stand. Come on, stand. I need to quit. Come on, stand. Come on, stand. Come on, stand. Look down your road. Say, don't forget the fire. Get baptized. Join the church. Use your gifts. But don't forget the fire. Don't forget the fire. Don't forget the fire. Because the only thing that Jesus is going to look for in the rapture is his spirit. You say it again. The only thing Jesus is looking for in the rapture is his spirit. He's not looking for your dress. He's not looking for your title. He's not looking for your collar. He's not looking for what office you held in the church. But think about a magnet. If you ever been to the to the um, junkyard, they have these huge magnets on cranes, and the way they move stuff is they just hover over the stuff in the junkyard. And what is metal is attracted to the magnet, and it goes up. When Jesus comes back, listen to me, he's not coming all the way to the earth until the second coming. But when he comes to rapture us, he's just going to hover. That means you got to have enough in you that when he passes over me, oh, here I go. I got to have enough anointing, enough Holy Ghost, enough power that when he hovers over my house, if he hovers over my office if he hovers over my car oh my God I pity somebody that's driving behind me cause when the trump sounds and the dead rise I'm coming out that beamer and I'm going up to meet him and if you don't think you have enough of the Holy Ghost and fire to fly, you need to be saved. And you say, well, Bishop, I got the Holy Ghost 40 years ago. You ain't heard of reheating? Y'all ain't heard of reheating? Some stuff gets put in the, in, in the fridge, but you can't eat it cold. Come on, somebody. And so you put it 
Years ago, we would heat the oven. Come on, somebody. And put it in the oven and watch it until it reheated. Now we got microwaves. Pop it in, press reheat, and it heats itself up all by itself. You know what the Lord is saying? I want to reheat my sons. I want to reheat my daughters. Some of them got cold. Oh, my God. Don't be afraid to put yourself in the microwave and say, Lord, don't let me out until I'm on fire. Don't let me out, Jesus, until I'm on fire. Because the last thing I want to do is be so cold that Jesus can't find his spirit. Because that's the only thing he's looking for, church. Don't forget the fire. Don't forget the fire. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Somebody say everybody. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. It's not just for churchgoers, ministers, and deacons, but everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Everybody lift your hands right now. Here's what I believe, that if you would open your heart and open your spirit, and if you would repent, the power of the Holy Ghost will come and touch you right now. I'm going to make an altar call after communion, but I think we can have a move right now. Oh, I think the Holy Ghost can do something right now. And all it requires of us is that we repent. You made some mistakes. You've come short. You've dabbled in some sin. You've had some ungodly thoughts, some ungodly attitudes. But here's what your Bible says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. The moment you turn your heart to God and in sincerity, tell him you're sorry. Every hand is raised. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry failed you, didn't always obey you, I've held stuff in my heart that I knew was not right, God, I'm sorry. Thank you for the blood that right now is purging and cleansing, that right now is delivering my life. God, I'm sorry. Your hands are lifted. Everybody say with me, Lord, I need the fire. Come on, I heard about four people. Lord, I need the fire. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh. Hey, fall fresh on me. Hey, God. I promise you, 
if you touch him with your praise, he'll touch you with the fire. So your hands are lifted. Everybody in this house, just shout hallelujah. Hey, God. Maybe you got the Holy Ghost, but somebody in here needs the Holy Ghost. Would you praise God for them? Lift your hands and just shout hallelujah. Hey, hey. God. I feel the fire walking the aisles. I feel the fire moving in the house. I feel the fire in the sanctuary. Oh God. Yes, Lord. 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 Burn, Jesus. Hey, come on. Have your way, Jesus. Minister to my need, Jesus. Fill me with your power, Jesus. Reheat me, Jesus. Reheat me, Jesus. I got cold. Reheat me, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Fire. 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 Fire! Fire! Koshi Katama! Fire! Fall on me, fall on me, fall on me, fall on me! Fire! Oh, Sandarabasia, Tanarabasatanama! Hey, 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 hey! Oh God, I feel a spark! I feel a spark! I feel a spark! Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let, can we have a Terry meeting for just a minute? Everybody praise him until you feel the anointing. Come on, everybody. We hope that you were blessed by this broadcast today. If you desire prayer or want more information about our church, please call us at 336-570-3664. Again, that's 336-570-3664. You can also go to our website for more information about our ministry at www.refugetemplenc.com. Again, that's www.refugetemplenc.com. Pastor Reginald and Lady Charity Davis and the Refuge Temple family would like to invite you to worship with us whenever you are in the Burlington area. If this ministry has blessed you, please write to us at P.O. Box 3552 Burlington NC 27215. That's P.O. Box 3552 Burlington NC 27215. Or email us info at refugetemplenc.com. That's info at refugetemplenc.com. God bless you and until next time, shalom, shalom. <laughs>